Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Remember to visit our website at www.revivalministry.co.za where you can sign up to receive more of these powerful messages. Well, I'm excited to be able to share the word this morning. And um, just looking out at you, it's really good to see each one of you here today. And um, I, I have an expectation that you will go home with your heart full of that which God has for you. And you know what? For every person, it's going to be something different. So thank you for par- to the parents. Um, I know it's more difficult. Um, but it's good for your children to see you and see you in worship. So we're family today, and uh, we just we're going to be enjoying being family. Is that okay? Is that okay? Okay. Um, Daniel and them did send their greetings. He told me to tell you as well. So he really wants you to know he's saying hello. And guess what? Brendan caught a fish. So I think we have a. A fisherman in the making. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, talking about Daniel, what is Daniel like? Yeah, yeah. Anyone else can you remember? <laughs> Drums. Uh, borehole was the first uh, correct uh, answer. Okay. We're doing a, a review quickly. And then yesterday, ah, yesterday, listen to me, last Sunday we spoke about the fact that we take the land little by little, Deuteronomy 7. Why? Because if we take it all at once, the wild beasts will increase too much. So we, we take little by little. And then Deuteronomy 8 talks about the fact that God gives us power to create wealth. Everyone say power. Power to create wealth. Does he give some power to create wealth? He gives all of us power to create wealth. And then Daniel mentioned four things in terms of the power that we have. First of all, we have the power to imagine, to receive inspiration for God on what to do next. Okay, we, God gives us resources that we can use. He gives us skill. And then we have power to build relationships with people, power to create wealth. Well, Daniel um, likes boreholes, but I like well springs. A well or a spring, you can decide. Or well springs, okay? I don't know, there's just something very nice about a well. It just, um, my other son has a well in his garden, and it's like, yes, take me to the well, okay? So I'm going to be chatting about that today, and the, the reason why I'm chatting about that is because I really believe that God wants to restore to us just the inspiration and our capacity to get inspiration for every situation, for every season, all right? And and that he's going to restore to us um, our ability to imagine and to see God at work through us in every situation, restore and increase our capacity, So Proverbs 4, verse 23, says this, and I'm going to uh, read it from the World English Bible. Did you know there was a World English Bible? I didn't, but I've discovered there is one. 
And I like the way it says, Proverbs 4 verse 23, it says, keep, or in other words, guard your heart. What must you guard? Your, your heart. With all diligence, okay? Why? For out of it, out of your heart, is the wellspring of life. Okay, other versions will say because out of it comes springs of living water. But a wellspring means that at the spring there is a, a wall that has been built, that has been formed. Why? Because you're guarding it. You're guarding that spring because you know that out of it comes a water that gives life. But the Good News translation for Proverbs 4 says, Be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. Okay, so just chew on that one for a bit. Guard your heart because your heart is the wellspring of life, of your life that you're living. Another translation, careful how you think. Because how you think, um, your life is shaped by how you think. All right, those two together. Now, a wellspring... Um, is basically, it just means an abundant source of whatever, right? An abundant source of. That's what a wellspring is. And um, I don't know if you can think of times in, in the, it's right in the beginning of the word where wells were part of the story. Think of Abraham. Think of Isaac and what Isaac had to do. In fact, let's go there. Um, to Genesis 26, verse 12. Genesis 26, verse 12. All right, so there was famine in the land, okay? And, and Isaac inquired of the Lord, and the Lord said to him, don't go back, don't go to Egypt. So obviously Egypt was the option that looked where it was better to go to in terms of having food. But he heard the words, the, the, the word from the Lord, and the Lord said, don't go to Egypt. So verse 12, what did Isaac do in the famine? Isaac sowed seed in the land. And received the same year a hundred times as much as he had planted. All right, so he was a hilarious giver and he sowed in the time of famine. And the Lord favored him with blessings. And the man became great and gained more and more until he became very wealthy and distinguished. He owned flocks, herds, and a great supply of servants. And the Philistines envied him. God gives us power to create wealth. What does God give us? Power. And his purpose is to create wealth. Now, verse 15. Now, all the wells which his father's servant had dug in the days of Abraham, his father, the Philistines had closed and filled with earth. Why did they fill it with earth? Because the Philistines envied Isaac. Remember, he had had this huge harvest and they envied him. They didn't want to see him successful. So they closed the wells. They didn't want to see the, 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 um, 
the children of Abraham succeeding. And so they try to stop it by closing the wells. And then Amalek, Abimelech, who was the king, said to Isaac, Go far from us, for you are much mightier than we are. So Isaac went away from there and pitched his tent in the valley of Gerar and dwelt there. And Isaac dug again the wells of water which had been dug in the days of Abraham his father. For the Philistines had stopped them after the death of Abraham. And he gave them the names by which his father had called them. Now Isaac's servants dug in the valley and found there a well of living water. And the herdsmen of Gerah quarreled with Isaac herdsmen, saying, The water is ours. And he named the well contention because they quarreled with him. And then they went on and they, I'm now using my own words, and they dug another well. And then the people of the, came back and quarreled with um, Isaac again. Remember, he's, he's opening up the wells that Abraham had dug. And so Isaac called that well that they'd reopened enmity. And then they moved away from there and they dug open another well. All right. And in that well, they did not quarrel. So Isaac named that well Rum, saying, For now the Lord has made room for us, and we shall be fruitful in the land. Now, Tim, my other son, he moved into his house with a well, and it was just after winter, and there had been really good rains. And um, I enjoyed seeing this well because... They would, pump, they would pump the water out of the well uh, to, to do whatever they need to do in the garden. And then you see the water level drop and um, you come back the next morning and it's, the water level is up again. You know, just it, it restores. We the well, the living water flows out of us and there's an endless supply. We give up, out, but the water levels come up again. But now they have their, their dry season now during... Um, you know, our summer months, and it gets really, really, really hot. And what he noticed was that the water level had dropped, and in the bottom of the well, there was a lot of rubbish that had been just left there over the years. There were steel structure which had collapsed. There was um, just a whole lot of debris that had stayed in there. And so he decided that he was, he's now going to get down and he's going to bring out all that debris and he's going to unblock the well so that he can see. He can see how full it is in the dry seasons and so that he can pump it out. Now, I'm um, speaking to you about you know, how God is wanting to restore our ability to receive inspiration and to imagine all right, in the terms of what he has for us for our next, next stage of uh, our life, for the solutions we need for what we're facing. All right. And, and I know in terms of my in imagination, my being inspired, there was a certain time where I actually shut it down. Because what I experienced was that if I let my thoughts run, it felt like it took me down a dark rabbit hole. It didn't, you, you, I don't know if any of you have ever experienced that, all right? It just took me, it didn't take me to a place where I felt there was hope and life 
and, and just, yeah, power. And what God has taught me over the, these years, that I'm actually completely in control of what I think about. And I'm, only the, I'm the only one that's in control of what I'm thinking about. And that I have to manage my thoughts. So in terms of inspiration and imagination, often we think God's just going to come down and, and like a bucket, pour it out on us. He can. But we, the, we partner with God. We partner because very often the Holy Spirit has already spoken to us. And we partner with the Holy Spirit in what God's saying and we manage our thoughts. Now there's a term which is used, um, you'll, you'll, you'll hear coaches and that's, that you uh, talk about it. They say, don't feed the alligators. All right. Now, the picture of that is that you're walking across a, a bridge and underneath there are a whole lot of alligators and they sn- they're snapping up at you because they're hungry. And what they're looking for is for you to feed them. All right. Because when you let your thought go there, when you feed them, then your thoughts begin to run in that direction. In that direction. And what are they after? They're after your life. So in terms of managing your thoughts, don't feed the alligators. You can say no. Maybe a better example for us is to say, don't feed the monkeys. Now, we're all good South Africans. When someone says, don't feed the monkeys, we go, why not? Okay? (laughs) They look cute. Wildlife on my stoop. How exciting. Until you come back and you're... Everything is a mess and all your food is gone and they come back for more food. So we can manage our thoughts. We have to manage our thoughts. We have the power to manage our thoughts. And the brain is, such a, is so wonderful in terms of imagination and being inspired. We can create new pathways. So how do we create these new pathways? We line up our thoughts with the thoughts and the promises which God has spoken to us and with the truths that God has spoken to us. Okay, are you with me? Are you with me? Okay. Um, I, 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 I want to have a look at, because Daniel spoke about Caleb last week, and um, I want to have a look at Psalm 95 verse 7, because Caleb and Joshua were the only two that went into the promised land. Psalm 95. All right, Psalm 95. That's why God says to us, take captive every thought, everything that comes against what he has spoken to We can manage. We've got to actively, and the best way to take captive is to say no to them. I'm not going down that route. All right, Psalm 95 verse 7. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you hear his voice, okay, harden not your hearts as at Meribah and as at Messiah, in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tried me 
my patience and tested me, proved me and saw my work. Forty years long was I grieved and disgusted with that generation. And I said, it is the people that do err in there. Where do they err? In their hearts, okay? And they do not approve, acknowledge, or regard my way, my ways. Wherefore, I swore in my wrath that they would not enter my rest. And the amplifier for my rest says, the land of promise. The land of promise. What are the promises that God you know in your heart that God has given to you. What is your land of promise? Okay, so here, I'm getting to Caleb. I haven't forgotten about him. Here, um, God said, you have tested me in these two places. And um, if, you, if you go to Numbers 14, verse 22, well, See there what God said about um, Caleb. Numbers 14. 22. So now these are the, the, the men that tested God at the two places. And it says, in fact, it wasn't the men, it was the whole tribe. Okay? It says, because all of those men who have seen my glory and my signs which I performed in Egypt and in the wilderness, yet have tested and proved me these ten times and have not heeded my voice. My voice, okay? Surely they will not see the land which I swore to give their fathers, nor shall any who provoked me see it. But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit, and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land, remember that's the land of promise, okay? I will bring into the land which he went and his descendants shall possess it. Right, so there were two, he says, God says, don't test me like they did at Messiah. Messiah means proof. They were moaning because there was no water, right? We've been through an interesting two years, how many of you have felt the lack of water? <laughs> and they were moaning. And they were, they were really, really angry. And Meribah, the other one, means contention. So they started to, they were like that, you know, you fight, you've got a fighting spirit in you. But God had done all these incredible miracles um, through getting them out of Egypt. And, and they, they could not in their hearts, carry God's voice of what he said because the present circumstances that they were in were difficult. Were real, but were difficult. And in that, they just, they, there was a hardening of their hearts and they couldn't, they, they couldn't enter the rest of God because of that. Because their well, the well springs that they had of life had been kind of clogged up by the immediate needs and the circumstances that they were facing. So in Joshua 14 verse 12, what Daniel mentioned last week, he said Caleb went to Joshua and he said to him, Caleb was 85 years old, he said, look, I'm as strong today as I was when I was a spy 
and give me the land which was the most difficult land, which was where the biggest giants lived, that the Lord spoke. He had remembered the voice the Lord had given to him. Give it to me now. And Joshua said, go and get it, okay? Why? Because all the years, Caleb had a different spirit. And, and I want to say to you, Caleb's different spirit didn't start when he was 85 years old. His different spirit started when he went out to spy. And he saw the land and he said, we can take it. God has said, this is ours. We can take it. And despite what the community went through, despite what the others were saying around about him, despite the circumstances, he kept that. He kept that in his heart and he lived to see that being fulfilled. So my question to you is what is in your heart? What is your land of promise that God has been speaking to you all these years? We're talking about power to create wealth and that you need to be inspired. You need to imagine. All right, so now, can you imagine yourself at 85? Just right now where you're sitting. Can you imagine yourself at 85? Look, (laughs) it's a lot more difficult for me to imagine it than it might be for you, Justin. Because the reason is I'm a little bit closer. So the giants are a little bit bigger. And you're looking at these giants. But what has God said to you? What has God, you know, for like God has said to me, his loving kindness will be with me. His loving kindness. So I can sit and imagine I'm at 85 and I'm surrounded by God's loving kindness. What will that mean? Will I, I will be happy. I will have purpose. I will have people around me. I will be finding joy every day. You, 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 you hear what I'm saying? I'm just, I'm just sitting. And actually what I'm doing is I'm meditating on the voice of the Lord spoken for that situation. He's loving kindness with me. I'm chewing over it. And I'm allowing myself to imagine and form a picture. And when I do that, what that determines is it, 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 something happens in my heart because then I'm going to set up my heart and my lifestyle and I'm going to take the next step so that when I am 85, I will be able to be doing what I'm picturing right now. Okay? Does that, does that make sense? Okay, so maybe 85 is a bit far away. But how's your week been? How's your day been? I mean, I had one day this week where just all the systems, you know, in terms of interacting with people externally to where we are, just weren't working. And I I said to Daniel at the end of the day, I'm tired. I'm not physically tired. I'm just like all the energy has run out and nothing's been solved. Okay. You might have had a day like that this week. But now you've got to get up the next day and you've got a day again. You sit, imagine, imagine your day. You're sitting with God and just take time out to imagine your day. There's a word 
maybe that the God gives you for that day. That he's going to be with you and you're going to have favor. He's going to strengthen you in the day. Then you imagine going through the day and you just sit for a while, tap in, and imagine the strength flowing through you. Imagine just being surrounded and his power with you and, 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 and you know, you can tap into everything that's available in heaven and you just sit and imagine your day. What's going to happen when you get to the situation where things aren't working out? You draw from that picture that you've created that you've been able to imagine. Is that good? All right, okay. This is what I, I really just know that God is restoring our capacity to do this. It's always been with us and we've always had the, it's always been something that's been available for us, but we haven't automatically tapped into it and God, it's a time where God is restoring it to his church. You know, there was a time where in the church you only played the oral, okay? And if you played the drums, they believed that, you know, there were demons behind it or whatever. How many of you are glad that that has been restored to our worship, right? Now there's been a lot of imagination that has been on the negative side. But that doesn't make imagination wrong. God is wanting to bring it back to us, back to his, his Holy Spirit-filled people, tapped into the borehole, tapped into his underground supply of water, and he wants it to come out through us so that his kingdom can be established here on, on earth. And when we were learning to hear God's voice way back, one of the people that really taught us a lot was Mark Verkler. And he taught us how to sit and imagine a, a, a picture or a story or an incident in the Bible. And then out of that imagination, God, we, we would learn how then to let God's voice flow. So... We're going to do it today, right? As an, as an, uh, just an experiment. But um, yeah, you can just maybe shut your eyes, and I'm going to tell you a story out of the Bible. If you're not comfortable shutting your eyes, you can just look down on the ground somewhere where you're not going to be um, distracted. And I, I just want you to start to imagine the scene where Jesus and his disciples had been very effective with a lot of people. And in fact, the people that were, were adhering to what Jesus was saying was growing. But the Pharisees heard about it. And there was, there was, it, 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 there was political turmoil because Jesus was gaining and becoming more popular. So Jesus and his disciple had to travel from Judea to Galilee. And in that traveling, they had to go through Samaria, which was a part of the land which Jewish people didn't like to go through. Just imagine, you know, see them, see them traveling. They would be doing it on foot. Uh, you can imagine just what the roads, the conditions were like. Imagine what they were wearing. Um, imagine what they were talking about as they were going along. Were they concerned? Were they afraid? And then they came to a place which was known as Jacob's well. If you can see the well. And Jesus was tired. So he sat down. 
and they needed food. And the disciples all left him. They went into town to get food. But Jesus stayed behind because he was tired. Can you imagine? Can you see that? And it was 12 o'clock, so the sun was at its highest. And then a woman came along. She happened to be a Samaritan woman. And Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? Now out of that, what you're imagining, just let the Holy Spirit speak to you now. Let him speak to you. It's going to be something for your life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Okay, has the Lord spoken to you? Just, just a, a, a sensing that you get, a thought. Just it's the thoughts, the thoughts that come up in your mind. The thought that I have is that we can trust God that whatever we're going through, the good will come from it. This is just a thought that I had. And that even if it looks like it's the worst time or the worst thing that can happen to you, God can use it for good. Okay, Jesus was not in an easy time, but in the midst of that, there was a Samaritan woman who was going to hear about salvation. And a whole community would be changed because of that. All right. So that's just allowing, it's, it's living into a picture in the Bible and allowing just your imagination to become real. And then just allow the thoughts to flow from that. All right, let's have a look at 1 Thessalonians 3. Thessalonians 3 and verse 12. May the Lord, um, and may the Lord make you increase and excel and overflow in love for one another and for all people, just as we also do for you. Love is the fruit of knowing who you are, okay? Verse 13, so that he may strengthen and confirm and establish your heart, faultlessly pure and unblameable in holiness, in the sight of our God and Father, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So be it. So, again, just shut your eyes and imagine. Imagine your heart. Whatever, however you imagine your heart, okay? Your, we're talking now about your spiritual heart, okay? See your heart as strengthened, okay? See your heart as established. 
How will, how will your heart be established? It's strong. It's how I see it. See your heart as pure, completely pure. See your heart as holy. Okay? Don't feed the alligators. See your heart as completely holy. And that is how God is going to establish your heart. That is for you. That's why you guard your heart. It's the wellspring of your life. And you guard it. You guard your thoughts. You guard what you allow in. You manage it because it's the wellspring of your life. You have been created knit together by Father God himself. You are wonderfully made. Good deeds have been laid down for you. And if you've got breath, there are good deeds ahead of you. Okay? For you. You are filled with the, the Holy Spirit, all-powerful, amazing God flowing through you. Nothing is impossible for you. You have the power to create wealth. Guard your heart. That's what you need to do. Guard your heart. Now, in, in increasing our capacity, <laughs> what I've also found what is, is, has, uh, has been a temptation to become dismayed or hopeless is the length of time that you have to persevere because there's not breakthrough yet. All right? There's, it, it's sometimes in that length of time, you just, you want to give up. You feel like it's not worth it. And there, this is what I remind, and this is how I strengthen my heart in those times. I, rem, I say, when the, when the fear comes, when the anxiety comes, I say, God is bigger than this, whatever it is. God is more powerful than, and even if it's a person, I mention it. God is the one that put the stars in the heaven and gave them the name. God is not bowled over by what I'm enduring. Does that make sense? And so it's just, it's immediately, there's a strengthening that comes in your heart because you, you immediately, you're putting it in perspective. You're not, you're not allowing the, the envy of the, Philist, the Philistines to fill up your, your well with sand. And you, you're just proclaiming truth in, in that a moment. Yeah. A different spirit, a different spirit. All right. Um, Philippians 4, this is a scripture you know very well. I'm sure you can qu quote it in your sleep, but I'm going to say it differently today. All right, it says, don't fret or have any anxiety about what? Anything. How many of you got that right? <laughs> about anything, okay? <laughs> but in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer and petition with what Thanksgiving, remember Thanksgiving this morning, opening our gate to come in, continue to make your wants known to God. And God's peace, which transcends all understanding, 
shall garrison and mount guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. All right, so we've always emphasized that don't be anxious and don't worry. And, and has that helped to take away your worry and your anxiety? No. But what are we to do? We are to pray. We're to tell God what we want. We're to give thanks. We're to listen to what he's saying to us until his peace comes in this situation. And it's that peace that he gives to you. It's that word that he gives you. That he tells you what he's going to do. That, that knowing that you, you latch into. And that is what forms the garrison, the guarding around your heart. Okay? So you do it. You do it in every situation, every circumstance. That means that your father is interested in every situation, in every circumstance that you're going through. All right. Um, just going back to, to, to Caleb. He was 85. He saw the land when he was a young spy. He believed but he saw it accomplished when he was 85 and older. Abraham, when did he see the, gl- the, the glimmer or the first bit of manifestation of the promise? When he was very old. He, it, it, was, it was something which there was a physical manifestation when Isaac was born. But actually, it had reached the stage where it was impossible. So, what, I, I want you to think about that for a moment. You know, whatever stage of life you're in, it's important. And it's important for you to, to live to the fullest that God has you. But I just want to put this thought to you. That maybe it's when you're 85 and older that you'll really see the fulfillment of the real promise that you've been carrying in the spirit, that you've been keeping alive, that you've been watering by the Holy Spirit. And it's at that age that you and the community is saying to you, it's over. 85, think about it, meditate about it. The things that you're carrying which the distractions that you have now, not, they're not distractions, they're the, the, the things that you have to do right now. You're going to be in a different season. But it starts in your thinking. It starts by guarding your heart, the way you think, and by lining it up. And, and you know what? There'll be enough things that you'll go through that will cause you to want to think differently and just give up. I don't know. I just, I just see that there's, yeah. <laughs> God has so many good things in store for us as a community for every age. And, and I just, yeah, it just doesn't stop can, if we can believe it. All right. I'm, um, I'm, I'm nearly at the end and then I'm going to pray. But I want you to, I just want to leave a, a, a picture with you. I must just find it.
um, Rosine mentioned that, you know, we've been through different things and it's now time to praise God. If you go to Jeremiah 24, you don't have to, you can just write it down. There's a picture of two baskets. One has good fruit, the other one has bad fruit. And then don't worry about the bad fruit. The good fruit, God's word is, I'm going to use this that you've been through for your good. And then he says, I'm going to bring you back to that land, the promised land, okay? And you will not be torn down. You will not be plucked up. I'm going to establish you, and it's going to remain. Can you believe God for good? Okay, what are you asking him to give you? But now he has an, another picture that I want to, to give you. In, in Exodus 31, and Moses had read, re, received instruction from the Lord in terms of building the tent of meeting, in terms of building the ark. And then, so Moses had got the whole vision, all right? But then he, he um, the Lord said to him, there's a man called Bezalel, which I've called by name, and he's filled with my spirit, the spirit of God. This man, not a priest, not the high priest, he's filled with the spirit of God. And the filled with the Spirit of God means he's filled with knowledge. He's filled with intelligence. He's, he's got wisdom. He's got ability. He's got understanding. He's got a ability as a craftsman. And that is the man that I'm going to use to build the tent of meetings, to build the ark, all right? So that's one picture. Then in, in, in Zechariah 1, Zechariah, the people are coming back now out of captivity. You know, the good, the good, the basket of good figs are coming back. And um, Zechariah gets a vision and he sees these four horns of power. And these four horns have been used to scatter um, God's people during the time when they went into captivity. And then Zechariah looks and he says, he sees the craftsmen. And these craftsmen are used to push down these, these horns of strength that have taken them away into captivity. And the people were coming back to build up Jerusalem and to build the temple. Now, the first that I mentioned, the ark, the tent of meeting, it represented the presence of God, okay? Second one I, I mentioned, Jerusalem, the temple. What is that a picture of? The presence of God, okay? Now God has said, I have poured out my spirit on all, all flesh, all mankind. I now become the temple of the Holy Spirit. The presence of God stays within me. And what is God going to use to build up the craftsman? To push, actually not build up, it's to push down the powers that would want to scatter us. It's the presence of God. We all carry it and we all manage that that comes against us. And we actually, we are filled with the Holy Spirit to, to push down, to push down everything that would, res, would cause resistance and would make us want to give up. It says, I'll pour out my spirit on all mankind. My sons and my daughters will prophesy. You know that I love the prophetic. You know that we want everybody to be able to prophesy. Okay? The young men will see visions. 
You see a bit of maturity has come in. Okay, visions, imagine, imagination, inspiration, seeing a vision. And then the old men and women, 85 and up, we dream dreams. You dream the things of legacy that are impossible. There's a, there, there is a maturity that falls in. So let's not be satisfied with prophesying. Prophet, prophetic is good. But there's a walk with the Lord that despite what is around us, despite what's happening in the world, we hear for a time such as this. And God, <laughs> nothing is impossible for, for, for God. And I want to challenge you. You have not begun to imagine yet what he can do with you. But you need to hearken to his voice. You need to, when he says what he's going to do, believe it and carry it in your heart and keep believing and take the steps that you can take, but trust God to do the rest. Is that okay? All right. Let's pray. I wonder if you don't want to stand up while we pray. Father God, thank you so much that we have the mind of Christ, that we are new creation, Lord God, and that we carry the Holy Spirit. Father God, I ask right now that you will just come and breathe upon us as we gather here together. Breathe upon every single person that's standing here today, Lord God. Fill, fill every person up, Lord God, with your Holy Spirit. Come afresh, Lord God, on each person that's standing here today. Thank you, Father God. Thank you for just greater capacity for, for everything to be able to see and imagine and be inspired by you, Holy Spirit, for the week ahead for the day ahead. I want to just declare that not one day in the week, in your next week, will be a day wasted. Not one day. Thank you, Lord God. I command all hopelessness and despair to go now in Jesus' name. Yeah. Lord, we agree today. We're not going to feed the alligators. We're not going to feed the monkeys. We're going to hear your, your mercy comes new every morning. And we're going to hear your voice new every morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that we can hear and that we can see. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Remember to visit our website at www.revivalministry.co.za where you can sign up to receive more of these powerful messages.